I updated my favorite stat. You ready? My favorite stat for OU softball. Welcome into the Plank Show. How was your weekend? Good? It was fantastic. You look good, dude. You dressed up today? Is that a collared shirt? No, okay. No, I Scared. went to softball and got a tan. <laughs> oh, yeah, we got a lot to talk about. I know you were in attendance on Saturday, right? Yes. Why didn't you come up? Uh... I don't know. I, I guess I should have. Should come up. I didn't know if I had free reign to, to head that direction. Josh Helmer, as the co-host of our radio show, you have free reign to walk in wherever you want where I am. Just Here's my trick that I've used quite a bit. Just act like you know where you're going. And most people won't say anything. And if they do say something, just go, thanks. Boy, Nat Davis is so yelling at the radio right now at me. <laughs> Patrick Dodd is like, stop! Don't say that. Do not invite these people. Um, all right, you ready? Favorite stat. Here you go. Oh, you softball fan. Welcome into the Plank Show on a Monday. An opponent against the Oklahoma Sooners has not had a base hit with a runner in scoring position since March 25th. That currently, by my quick and potentially incorrect math, has opponents at O for its last 55 with runners in scoring position against Oklahoma. During that same stretch, let's see, gosh, 97-103, Oklahoma um, has is hitting like almost 600 with runners in scoring position. But O for its last 55. Now, I kind of didn't really plan to start with this, but since we're in it, here we go. I can understand some frustration with why is that game so close on Saturday, right? Two zip. And it's confusing to me. You know, you beat a team like UAB 11 to 1, run rule them. You think you should take care of them one more time. Baylor, you, you embarrass a Baylor team twice. You think they're ready to tap out. I, I think what I've seen in the last couple of weeks, I should, and I and I know some people, it's like, oh, that shouldn't matter. I think I've seen some really good coaching jobs. I think I've seen some teams that just didn't give up. Beyond the incredible job you see that Patty Gasso does day in and day out, I mean, it it means something to to Glenn Moore to have his team in a position where they actually compete. And and this has been, by the way, Baylor now in Big 12 play. They competed for one game against Oklahoma State, lost two zip, and then were you know, not there for two games. Uh, what was the – I've got all my – I brought all my notes today. I didn't forget my little binder here for the show today. Joe Guthrie, UAB, had one of the most unique game plans I think I've ever seen in in this sport. And I've been calling games since 2016. But you saw it. You were fr- They had players all over the place. Rovers, um, a right fielder basically playing right center field. It was almost like the Paige Lowry shift in some instances, except it was, and I know people get mad when we make this, but it was very baseball-esque what you saw from UAB. So, number one, I kind of sit back and I say give give credit to the opponent because UAB played with big-time fire and heart. They didn't make any mistakes on Sunday after getting smoked the day before, and Baylor just got a supreme pitching performance in that 3-1 game Sunday uh, a couple weeks ago. Defensively, they were really good. They were, UAB was really good. On Saturday, they, they played well. Cespedes, you have to tip your cap. I mean, every once in a while, the opponent in the circle – is going to throw well, which I think, you know, obviously we we saw on Saturday. But give Oklahoma credit. They never really felt like that game was in doubt. Right. 
kind of just felt like you were waiting for Oklahoma to open things up offensively, which then Jada Coleman and Elam both did. How about Hope Troudwine? I, I think I got a text from Joey this weekend, too. We were talking about Hope. That was – that's her second gym, right, with zero run support. <laughs> I think in the last – I want to do some math the last 14 innings run support for Hope Troutwine as opposed to maybe what Jordy Ball has been getting. But the other side of this, so the, the one side, give credit to the opponent, right? Tight game, hard fought, fun environment, by the way. Frustrating environment that has nothing to do with anything Oklahoma-related that I'm sure you experienced and we'll get to in a bit. But the second thing, just kicking it right off, going right into softball. Second thing. The pitching is really good. And I brought this up now, I think maybe twice on this show, and I brought it up with Nicole Mendez on Saturday night. Or Saturday afternoon, excuse me. But to me, I don't know if that's a one – I don't know if that's a scoreless game heading to the sixth in 2021. I don't know if the – Baylor game is scoreless, headed to the sixth, or even just one zip. And obviously, G. Warris is the main reason that the Sooners ended up winning the the World Series, right? As dominant as she became in the circle in June, she wasn't quite there in April and May, right? She pitched well. Pitched well. Um, Really well. But at that level that she was, Sooners weren't quite there yet with their staff. And you know, Nicole May was still a freshman. I think we did this bit. I think we did this same segment last Monday. But, Josh, that fires me up when you see someone like Troutwine, who is as dominant as she was now going forward for this team, in two really tough situations where you knew you couldn't make a mistake because your offense just wasn't clicking yet. Nine strikeouts in seven innings, only had the one walk, hit a batter, um, had a couple of threatening situations, but I thought she was awesome. She was terrific, yeah. Kept UAB off balance the entirety of the game, and you just look at some of the numbers for this team. I mean, of course we know what Oklahoma's doing offensively with 83 home runs, but the Sooner pitching staff, a 0.67 ERA, 287 strikeouts already on the season, just 17 earned runs. Incredible. 17 shutouts. Mm, unreal. Two-zip. They win the game on Saturday against UAB, and Hope Troutwine was incredible. So if there is that very small faction that gets mad when a game is in a run rule, I think it's really good for this team. So we'll make that very clear. I think it's good that their adjustments get challenged and adjustments are met with adjustments. Bro, they hit the ball hard on Saturday, didn't they not? What was the experience like in the stands for you? First game this year? It was my first game in attendance this year. It was great. Fans uh, – I mean, they get such great fan support. The crowd was awesome. Weather was terrific. So, it was, all in all, it was fantastic. It was. And I didn't mind that. It was, you know, from a viewing standpoint, obviously, I'm perfectly okay with Oklahoma winning every game 83-2. to But from just a being there perspective, it wasn't, wasn't all bad that it was maybe a little more entertaining game. Not a bad thing. Not a bad thing at all. Here's the third part of this weekend. And how was your trip? I, I don't know the nicest way to put this, but 
How was your trip in on Saturday? Challenging. It was a challenging trip. <laughs> Trying to get parked and, yeah, I mean, obviously with the medieval fair, there's just was so much going on over there. I was thinking about how I wanted to lay out my path that I ended up taking to get in on Saturday, but then I realized probably not the most compelling radio to talk about my U-turns and where I took a right when I probably usually wouldn't, but because the line was so long, I thought I'd wait for this light as opposed to wait for that light, and then I realized I'd even lost track of how many different ways I thought I'd try. Dang it! That's backed up. <sighs> Through Sam Noble. Here we go. Let's go. Or not Sam Noble. It's, yeah, Sam Noble there, the, the museum. Go through on their speed bumps they have in the middle of their parking lot. I ended up going that same direction. It worked. It worked. Mission accomplished. But as as frustrated as I was in the third note this week, and kudos to those of you who persevered through a less than ideal traffic condition, I couldn't stay mad. And the reason because the Renaissance Fair. I couldn't stay mad. Like I couldn't stay mad. Even even sitting in traffic waiting to turn left on Highway 9. Would you please fix Imhoff? Please, I beg of you, whatever is going on there, whatever it is that doesn't allow that to be through, can I come help? I mean, I'm. can I do something to make that happen? Because I think that played a smaller part. Regardless, everything was backed up. But as I'm sitting, waiting in, in traffic, I'm panicking a little bit. But I'm not mad, right? I'm kind of sitting there thinking this is – it's really good. You know, we're still in the process that COVID's a real thing. People are getting sick, but we don't ever want to be in a situation like we were two years ago again. So there's still a part of me that every time I'm stuck in traffic, I stop and I'm like, well, you know, this thing didn't happen a couple of years ago. Remember when? Remember whenever it was, you know, mid-April and instead of going to call a softball game or instead of walking around the Renaissance Fair, you're sitting in your living room. So there still was a part of me that was stuck on that. But, man, Highway 9 is ill-equipped to handle a big-time traffic load. I don't know how anyone that goes that way on game day doesn't lose their absolute bleeping mind. You're right, too. The Ugh. Imhoff not being open. It's terrible. And I totally forgot about that on Saturday. I, I was it's hoping terrible. they had finished it and drove over there. And Bad news, still not open. It's the longest process in the history of ever to what looks like pave a very small section of roading or or whatever plumbing work they may be doing. Is plumbing a thing? But it just it looks like they're doing something that is taking a lot longer than my attitude allows me. Yeah, I don't think it's high on the priorities list for but, some but I will But I will say this. You're right. Everyone's understaffed right now. And in case you're wondering, Highway 9, for those in the Tulsa or OKC area or non-OU fans, Highway 9 is literally – the best shortcut sometimes, <laughs> but then the worst idea on game day or during busy events because it seems like none of the lights are synced like they should be. It seems as if the turn lanes just aren't long enough. So then that backs everyone that's in a turn lane up where usually that left lane is stacked. It requires some patience. But there is one little road that can help alleviate it. It's a short little jaunt right to Mitchell Park, and that's 7-Eleven. It's been closed for a minute. You know, th there was no good path. There wasn't. This weekend. Just to be clear, even Imhoff being open probably would have backed that up too. But, hey, it was a definite factor because it's just one, one less route that everybody can take. That's why I can't help but smile 
whenever I, I hear those that are mad about the baseball being played in Arlington this week, and I'm like, <laughs> Fred, Saturday and Sunday, if you went over there, you knew, you knew. You would not have had a good time waiting in traffic. <laughs> that might have been the wisest decision they made just from yeah, that standpoint. Exactly. But it was fun. I I say it in jest, but it's also a magnification of how we're back, baby. And how there might be some questions with how the Sooners softball team then shifting back to sports played this weekend. I have no questions. I'm fired up. We'll hear from Patty Gasso coming up later in the show. Don't worry, those of you whose only focus on the show is softball. I will play Patty as soon as I say I will. And that's coming up next hour. In the meantime, we got a lot to get to. Uh, we got a national championship game tonight featuring the Big 12. Kansas v. North Carolina. First time the two teams have met for national championship since 1957. Double overtime. Wilt is still a loser. Really? Yep. Will Chamberlain was on that Kansas team, and they lost in double OT. I think it's the only title game that's been played in double overtime. Really? I felt really smart because I did a show on Saturday night after the game, and I just dug through the series, and I started going through it. All right, so this is the fourth time or fifth time they're going to meet in the postseason in, in, in the final day. 2008, Kansas crushed right. them in the final, final four. Final four. Three, three trips before in the final four. Now they meet for the second time in the championship game, and it never even occurred to me that Wilt Chamberlain may have been on that Kansas team in 57. He was. Wow. But I've got a really strong feeling about tonight's game. And I think it's kind of – it goes against who I'm rooting for. So we'll talk about it next. It's Josh Helmer. I'm Chris Plank. It goes completely against who I'm rooting for. Uh, Air Comfort Solutions text line is the great way to either interact and have fun with the show or watch me get completely triggered. Your choice, 405-651-3439. And as always, you can hit us up on Twitter shows, always on at Josh Unref, at Plank Show, talking title game next. I watched WrestleMania last night. You know what? I did too. Did you really? I did. I was I was out with a buddy, and we were having dinner, and he was watching WrestleMania, so I was watching WrestleMania. I saw Johnny Knoxville and the crew make an appearance. Wee Man. Wee Man. Oh. It was pretty cool. Yeah, we're going to get to that coming up a little bit later on in the show. I just I, I was supposed to go. A couple of y'all reached out to me. And it's like, how's WrestleMania? I'm like, oh, yeah. See, I got to drive 10, 11 hours round trip yesterday to look at a dog, so I didn't get to go to WrestleMania. Wait, you guys are getting another dog? Yeah. <laughs> what? Don't you already have two? Yeah, we have two. We have two very poorly obedient dogs, so I think know that something is up because now they're being super nice to us. But we'll, I, let's say get to sports guy is so in my dome today because I, I took over the crossover with this story to get Toby's advice, so I – Get back to sports guys rattling in my head right now. But we'll talk about it. I gotta, ah, we've got plenty I, of sports. i got to tell you the story in the break, too, because it's a good – there's some funny off-the-air stuff. Uh, but anyway, Saturday I thought gave us a classic. I'm not sitting here trying to tell you that North Carolina and Duke was one of the greatest – ah, one of the greatest I've ever seen. No, it was good. It was really good. There can be – Teddy and I joke about this a lot. Not everything has to be the greatest thing you've ever seen or the worst thing you've ever seen. There can be that. That's pretty. That was a pretty good game. It was pretty enjoyable. That was pretty enjoyable. And I thought the most enjoyable part for me was seeing Mike Krzyzewski lose his last two games to his rival. I have no ill will towards Coach K. I don't 
dislike him. But for some reason, watching him lose to his arch rival makes you feel some kind of way in two of the biggest games of the season, right? I mean, it has to. No doubt. And just knowing, as folks that cover Oklahoma as closely as we do, we get what this type of rivalry is like. Right. Oklahoma and Texas, it's the best. The idea of Mac Brown going on a swan song tour, insert whichever Texas coach you want, and you spoil their final home game, and then you turn around and say in the college football playoff, beat Texas again. Right. Are, are you kidding me? I mean, it's it's as good as it gets for as- a rival, and it's it's bad. As it gets as a Duke fan. Oh, my gosh. I'm just thinking to myself, if, if I was Coach Cad, probably pull a Tom Brady. I'm like, I'm coming back for next year. You know, I, just, I swear we've done like 8,000 adios tours to Jim Beheim, right? We've done a few of those. <laughs> we did one in 2003 when they won the national yeah, championship. I, this one was a little bit more defined and obvious, but boy, what a tough way to go out. Here was Mike Krzyzewski post-game after North Carolina, and Brady Manick eliminated Duke from the NCAA tournament. How these guys turned it around after we didn't play well in our last four regular season, including the tournament, was really one of the best things that's happened for me as a coach in the last five, six years. Yeah, for a young group to really flip the switch. And then, of course, the emotions walking off the court. It's not about me, right? You know, especially right now. You know, my, you know, as a coach, I'm just concerned about these guys. I mean, I see, you know, they're already crying on the court. And, and um, I mean, that's the only thing you can think about. You know, one of the big debates this weekend was, did Coach K make a mistake by going on this quote-unquote retirement farewell song tour I don't think that that was a factor in this basketball game versus North Carolina but I'm open to have a conversation about it and you know a lot of North Carolina fans were quick to point out eh, Roy Williams didn't really do that no no he, he just was like I'm done by the way what color do you wear tonight if you're Roy Williams let's touch on Roy's wardrobe later in the show well remember in 2008 he had the little Jayhawk pennant that he yeah. was wearing or sticker or whatever yeah. it was so as I sit here at 927 exactly on the dot here on the ref I compartmentalize two things number one the Mike Shevsky era and it being over which is still weird to me as someone my whole life Mike Shevsky has been the head coach of Duke Right, my whole understanding what basketball is all about, watching Bobby Hurley and wanting to fight him, uh, wishing I could. Someone, t- someone texted the other day. I don't remember who it was. It said Cherokee Parks was like their cousin. Watching Cherokee Parks play and wanting to go shave his head, you know, seeing names like Tommy Amaker and uh, Robert Bricky was one of my favorite players because he was a defensive guy and he'd shut people down. It's like Mark Allery. I, Mike Shashevsky was all I knew about Duke basketball and elite basketball uh, as you know my whole life. So compartmentalizing while that era is over and then to something I think that matters tonight. How much did North Carolina have to exert just to get here? And how much is Kansas? A North Carolina bench that wasn't used until there were five and a half minutes to go in the game, 
right? Johnson comes in off the bench and immediately has to shoot two free throws. Well, not immediately, but he uh, he got fouled on what like two plays after he came in the game. But I don't know, Josh. That's what I teased was this idea that this year reminds me a lot of last year. And Aaron Torres brought this up last night, and it got me thinking. Last year, Gonzaga had the crazy game against UCLA that took the shot at the end to win it, the half-court shot that banked in, and that they exerted a lot. Now, don't be wrong, Duke had to play, or Baylor had to play hard, but it's just their final four, their semifinal game wasn't as emotionally draining as what Gonzaga had to went had to go through. Now, to be clear, to give every single asterisk to this possible to uh, to Baylor fans, they, I think they were going to win regardless. But the way that they just blitzed him out of the gate last year, Baylor over Gonzaga. I don't know, Josh. I just I have this feeling that you're looking at a situation tonight where, despite my rooting interests, I don't I don't know how North Carolina is going to be able. To get back, I get it. It's national championship game, blah blah blah. But the emotions they've already felt, the energy they've exerted for essentially a five-man rotation. I mean, at some point you hit a wall, right? You could, you could, and obviously, you know, for them, just foul trouble. You wonder what happens if they get into that, which they they did a little bit, right, with with Baycott, right? And I think you know, as I break down this national championship game, you can. Look at some of the stars. Caleb Love, of course, was tremendous versus Duke. The the shot that he hit, really, it, it not that it was a bad shot, Plank, but you know he gets space. He's off the screen, green light, boom! I'm going to take it. But if that shot doesn't go down, he takes it with 15 seconds on the shot clock. So it was a dangerous shot from that perspective to take whatever he makes it you wonder how stars are going to play in this moment you need Caleb Love to play well uh, Abaji Christian Brown those types of the guards right but right. to me the most important guy in this national championship game or the biggest matchup in this national championship game it's Armando Baycott versus David McCormick can McCormick duplicate what he did versus Villanova now he's going to be up against somebody in Baycott that is of a much bigger physical stature than what he was seeing in Villanova the other night. And I just think Baycott, with his size, athleticism, I mean, the guy's vacuuming up 20-plus rebounds a game, it seems like, at times, right now in this NCAA tournament. How he goes and what type of effect he has on Abaji coming downhill, on Christian Brown coming downhill, I think is the single most important element to this game. If Baycott stays out of foul trouble, I think North Carolina's cutting down the nets tonight. I do too. Wait, hold on. Pause a second. I want that to happen. I I just worry that Kansas can have a start like they did on Saturday and North Carolina looks around and what happened? To your point. Go ahead. I'm listening. I think like I said, lot, I'm not ready to die on that hill yet. Just a thought. I think a lot about, you know, some of the comments that Billy Tubbs had shared on this station over the years when he talked about, reflected upon that 1988 Final Four. Kansas, of course, beats Duke, but the the nightcap game was Oklahoma versus Arizona. And so many different times Coach Tubbs talked about the quick turnaround in playing that second game as opposed to the first game in the Final Four. So when you start talking about what you've mentioned with North Carolina and exhausting the starters, 
Well, they also were that second game, and you can say, ah, you know, it's just two hours difference, whatever. But I can tell you this, Coach Tubbs thought that was a big factor in the 88 National Championship game versus Kansas. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. All right, we're, uh, we're up against it. Let's get after it. Let's play the old, good old-fashioned who-you-got game the rest of the way on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Who you got tonight and why? 405-651-3439. And if I can add a sports radio-y twist to this, Josh Elmer, you guys are already fired up. I don't even want to read any of those right now. I do. I will say this, though. It does kind of fire me up whenever I look at the Air Comfort Solutions text line and it's already blowing up. That makes me feel a little bit better about things. Um, The thing that is so interesting to me about tonight's game is the question of, of, of care. How much do we care? right? And, and there's my sports radio guy. Do you care about tonight's game? Are you engaged? Are you rooting for a Bill Self or a Kansas? Or is it one of those situations where you're tired of North Carolina, tired of Kansas, you're just done. Just done with this. We'll, we'll get into it more next. People don't understand the adaptability that just took place during that three-minute commercial break. I mean, that was next-level communication between you and I. K-cups are gone. We're out of K-cups in the go, ref. Go, Scramble. So all of a sudden, it's like, where's the other coffee pot? Where's the other? Go, go. Are we good on breaks? You go. Porn, I'm probably, I need to apologize because I was so panicked with how much time we had or didn't have that I used water. I just started opening water bottles and pouring them in the coffee. You know, we really... I didn't even check to see if anything was in that pot. Oh, well, there could be a disaster back there. We got to get a great coffee shop sponsor. I agree. Oh, and I'm I'm not picky. But I'll be picky. <laughs> you know, like the great million-dollar man once said, every man has his price. I have my favorite coffee, but it can be bought. It's very easy. <laughs> Indeed. It's it's kind of like my take. There's no such thing as bad barbecue. I don't think there's – you got to really try hard to make a bad coffee. But if we could get a sponsor, that'd be great. And you would get plenty of run on this year program. Um, did you have a good weekend, though? I know we didn't really drill too deep. You got to go to the softball game on Saturday. It was good, man. You had yeah. high school stuff on Friday. You had baseball this week, right? Had baseball, yeah, on Friday. Friday. See? So, Pay attention to you. Y- yes. No, it was good. Uh, saw Southmore rally back and beat Norman, which we'll see weather today, see how that plays out. We're thinking Southmore Owasso, but could be in limbo a bit. Yeah, just it's like thundering out here. What the heck is going on? But, no, it was good, man. The, the getting to – Getting to Marita Hines was just fantastic. <laughs> Watched a ton of OU Texas baseball yesterday, which Oh yeah, let's get to that real quick here because I I know I, I dove right into the national championship game tonight and we'll hit your text coming up on the Air Comfort Solutions text line four oh five six five one three four three nine. I've actually got some baker news. If I pulled the I talked to someone, would you make fun of me? <laughs> no. Okay. I talked to someone and there tends to be a pretty strong sense that that if Baker hits the free market, that he already knows where he's going and the place that wants him has it taken care of, and he would be a stealer like that. Wow, really? Yeah. Um, but we'll, I, I want to go more in-depth on that later because it involves a lot of things taking place. First, Cleveland cutting him because they're not going to trade him to Pittsburgh. And, you know, second, 
someone not jumping in and, and making a trade. I, I'll, let me get let me give you a quick for instance, just real quick. Let's say hypothetically the news is out there that Pittsburgh is very interested in Baker Mayfield, which I, if someone's talking to me about it, then there's a pretty good chance that it's more than just rumors and innuendo. But maybe Tampa and his new regime says, "All right, let's go give up a let's go give up a fourth. That's a lot of money invested in the quarterback position at Tampa, but they say, hey, we want you to sit for a year and learn from Tom. And maybe Tom's down with that. I don't know. Maybe a place like Vegas where they say their car's contract negotiation isn't going well. Yeah, Devontae Adams came here in part to play with with Derek, but we need to have a backup plan. So we'll offer you a fourth-round pick and we'll pick up his salary. What? I'm just I'm vamping out there. A New bit. Orleans, there's been some New Orleans that have talked about the Saints. So my, my point is those are the two – those are the two things that, well, one needs to happen, the other can't happen if he's going to end up with the Steelers. Boy, the idea that Cleveland's going to cut Baker Mayfield. It's wild, right? Yeah, I, I don't know that I see that happening. Yeah. Uh, and then we put this up. I put it up on Twitter. Did you listen to Toby coming in by chance? I think I just missed okay. the epic rant. I heard a little bit of the aftermath of Can it. we replay that at some point today? Sure. Okay, yeah. I there's moments – Toby, if you – well, I might want to text him. It might be a nap day. But if Toby doesn't mind, I'd like to re-air it because I thought it was really good. And I think for those – like, for instance, I put up this morning listening to T-Rose rant. I'm all kinds of fired up. Um, and then immediately, Philip checks in on Twitter. Hard to get fired up after yesterday's loss. Oh, my goodness. Um, <laughs> at it ain't good enough, probably because our bullpen is horrible. But my man Mark Worley asks a very, very good question. And, and I think that it's – it's something that Toby answered perfectly during his 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 rant, and that is. And Mark writes, "I'd love to know what we learned or feel gained by playing in Arlington. Maybe too early to say. I don't know. Let's can we earmark some time out, Toby? If you don't have a problem, I'd love to start the ten o'clock hour with that. Okay, let's see if we can't kick. I'm sure it's everything around here is taped because everything I've screwed up on the air, I somehow hear back later." <laughs> Yeah, just not the first point. couple of segments of the Gimme Zone, I guess. Right, right. No. <laughs> recording. Recording. But I thought Toby's point was good. You've got a situation where you pack – what was that attendance yesterday? What did they announce it as? Um, did you scroll down real quick on your box? Yes. Is it on the bottom there? Uh, yeah, 6,518. And over the weekend, you ended up getting you know, basically triple that. So I just – they they got the money at the gate. Trust me, if it was in Norman, y'all would have been mad about traffic. I was there. I think it I think it worked out best for all parties involved outside of the Sooners losing two of three. And two really, really good games. Saturday and Sunday were fun games. But I, I understand it, so we'll we'll reset with Toby coming up here at ten AM. Because I don't I don't have some massive takeaway from this weekend for baseball except this. I really want to see those teams play again. And Toby talked about it. Oklahoma is currently number three in strength of schedule in the country. This team's – they've shown they can play with the big boys. Now let's let's go and, and take care of business at Obrey Stadium this weekend. Well, and before that, take care of business oh, at yeah. home oh, versus you? Oral Roberts, which – has been a challenge for Always Oklahoma at times a pain in, the butt. in the past. But, yeah, take two out of three at Obrate, and you're feeling really good about things. OU right now is 20th in the RPI. So it's lost in translation based on 
the bullpen yesterday, coughing that thing up, which disappointing because Chaz Martinez was so good for you. But Oklahoma was a productive week for them yeah. in terms of the RPI, winning two out of four, getting the midweek versus Oklahoma State, winning one game against Texas. It was almost a great week, but it was still a really good week for OU baseball. Yeah. And I get it, man. You, We're in a, a situation where you want wins, wins, wins. I want wins now. And, and we gave up a home series and went down there and lost two of three. I can completely hear you. I understand it. But where this program is going in that opportunity, I do – there's a part of me, and this sounds corny maybe, but I, I think about the student-athletes and how cool of an experience that is to be able to go play – in a Major League Baseball ballpark for a weekend series. And I know it's the third time, maybe the fourth, that it's happened for OU this weekend, but that's still a pretty big deal, man. So there's a part of me that just stops and thinks, that's pretty pretty awesome. Would you be mad if they played a Sooner game at Cowboy Stadium? No, I, I wouldn't. I think it would be awesome for those guys to play on that field. It's just Sometimes it's tough because it doesn't go our way. And I think that's where some Sooner baseball fans are right now. All right, let's – um. oh, geez. We kind of let this segment get away from us. Let's get Larry the Mailman in here before the break. What's going on, Larry? How are you? Hey, I'll make it real quick. I was you don't have to you. make it quick. We got <laughs> thundering out. We got nothing going on. Take your time. Hey, but by the way, you're gonna get, you might get some hail too possibly. Um, if it hails my car, it better just end that thing. I don't want it, it – was, It was just end it. Yeah, it was uh, it was peace size, so okay, be okay. Good, good, good. Uh, I was going to tell you, and this is kind of stemming from your your grudge holding show you had the other day. Um, you know, my disdain from Kansas obviously comes from that '88 game, uh, and or '80, I'm making '89, I guess. But it's no, whatever. you're right, '88, '88. Yep. Yeah. So we went down there to Kansas or up there to Kansas City, and we saw opening weekend they and for the baseball. And uh, it was the craziest thing because, um, oh gosh, he's he's left fielder, uh, Bo Bo uh, Bo knows Bo. Uh, oh, Bo Jackson. Bo what? Jackson. Bo Jackson. Yeah. My gosh, Larry, this so, rain has you rattled. You got me shook. I know. I've forgotten I, well, I sports. I I'm freaking out right I now. Think you're gonna, I didn't think you were going to come to me that fast. It's like, wait. It kind of threw me off. No, no, no. So, yeah. So anyway, so Bo, you know, Bo was playing left field. He actually got booed when they introduced the Kansas City Royals onto the field because he was an Oakland Raider at the time. Is that, is that funny or what? As no. he rightfully um, should have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. <laughs> but you know what? You know what's kind of funny? Oh, gosh, Larry, this probably isn't what, what you want to talk about, but it just got me thinking. Okay. Is anyone ever going to be able to do something similar to that again? Like to logically play two sports at that elite level that he and Dion did? It's all. I mean, uh, what's the guy that played for Cincinnati and played for the for for Dallas at the same time? Uh, anyway, there's been there hadn't been one in a while, right? I mean, there there hadn't been. When, when's the last one? Was and you it? can't play quarterback and be that guy. Yeah, yeah, no. Because like that was, was like, well, Kyler Murray did it. Well, yeah, not quite. I mean, Bo Jackson went to All Star games. Deion Sanders eventually what Deion won a Sanders. World Series? Yeah. Oh, is that who yeah. you're thinking of? Atlanta. Yeah. I'm you're sorry, really throwing me for a loop with these <laughs> obvious answers. I should know today, Larry. <laughs> Yeah, Yankees and Yankees and uh, and Cowboys, right? Yeah. What he played for with the Cincinnati, I, I can't remember. I knew it was Dion was with a little bit of uh, the Yankees. He was with uh, what the Braves for a while. He was with the Reds Atlanta for a while. Yeah, yeah. He, he he bounced around baseball a bit. But anyway, my point was, so I, I was curious. So that's where my 
my, I don't know if hatred might be a strong word. No, it's a, it's a good word. Um, that's where my hatred comes from for Kansas. And I was just curious um, where yours comes from because it sounds like you have a little bit more. For Kansas? Yeah. <sighs> from them not shaking Baker Mayfield's hand at the coin toss, I will never forgive them. That is my grudge. No, you know what? I don't have a thing. And, Larry, I appreciate your phone call, man. Stay safe okay, out in the rain. Larry, making me wonder if I ever remember sports. Can't come up with the name Bo Jackson or Deion Sanders. What are we doing this morning, Drew? Um, but, no, in all seriousness, I don't have a disdain for Kansas. I, I feel like that some of you get tired of me saying it, but, I mean, I cut my teeth covering Bill Self. That was the first coach I ever covered uh, as a professional. But, yeah, I don't I don't know, dude. I, I don't have a disdain for them. I just think I'm rooting for Brady Manick tonight, to be honest with you. It- and I would imagine most Oklahoma fans are rooting for Brady Manick and North Carolina. The hatred for Kansas is KU winning the Big 8 and winning the Big 12 and Allen Fieldhouse and the foggy nature of officiating inside that building and how difficult it's been to win there. You hate Kansas because Kansas beats Oklahoma a lot, right? The same way that people hate Oklahoma football because Oklahoma football beats everybody a lot. A lot. So there you go. Just a a quick little conversation starter from Larry the Mailman here on The Ref. And I just, I don't have a deep-rooted disdain for him, right? But you're right. You think about the Big 8 titles, the constant domination in basketball. If I'm an Oklahoma State fan, I'm probably even more irate because how you're sitting out this tournament whenever what Kansas has been linked to is as egregious as anything that your rogue assistant did. <laughs> I wonder I wonder how that makes an Oklahoma State fan feel. Because I heard nothing about that this whole tournament run. Nothing outside of Bruce Weber. Quick break. It's Plank Show. I'm so fired up for you to hear this. You haven't heard this, right? No, I, no, I okay. heard the very tail end. We're, we're spending the break digging up uh, at – uh, 8.35-ish this morning, and Mark Mark had a couple guys to text to the show, email the show. Who emails the show? Though I do love it when people email the show. Ken Strong is a good emailer to the show. Marcos is a good emailer to the show. You guys know how I love a good long email to the show. But um, I think T-Row had finally kind of had it with the questions about why they moved the game and where baseball is, blah, blah. And he – he went off on an incredible information laden. There's the Sooner diving catch at second. Top play number seven from Diego last Muniz. Night. Yeah, that's a heck of a pet, a heck of a catch. Anyway. Which uh, the broadcaster on ESPN said, and here's Munez. Munez. <laughs> Thanks, dude. But I, I I I just I see the questions. There's no better answer than what Toby gave. We're going to play it for you coming up next. In the meantime, I did laugh at a couple of the texts to the super secret textosa line. Um, I can just hear the Monday morning sports radio callers grinching and complaining about OU softball getting a two-zip non-run rule in right now, win right now. I don't – I think most people get it. I, I laugh because that's kind of what I expected. I think most people get it. Oklahoma is now 32-0 on the season, and 26 of those, 20, 25, 25 of those 32 wins are in, in run rule. 
the twenty five run rules is what's unique, not the not the six seven games that haven't been run rules. I, it's just in, even though what you can almost name the non run rule games off the top of your head. Right? Let me see how you do. Loyola Marymount, Tennessee Utah, Baylor, uh, UAB. I think there's uh, there's one more I'm missing out there, but the point is that the fact that they've had seven games essentially worth of innings that haven't been played because they've been run ruling everyone just because it's happening. That's, that's not normal. That's how good this team has a capability of being. What is normal is what we saw on Saturday and what we saw last. I don't want to say last Sunday was normal, but you know, maybe even the Wichita state game and kind of how that played out where, you, you're scratching and clawing a little bit before you finally pull away. I mean, look across softball this weekend. I don't know how many of you have that broad view of the sport, and that's fine. You don't have to. I'm not sitting here trying to be softball Stan or softball Steve. But, you know, you had a Alabama team that's lost a game against Georgia. You had Oklahoma State get pushed today by Baylor. Iowa State – Probably should have swept the series from Texas, okay? None of those games were run rules. It's just it's it's amazing what they've done, and it's awesome to see when they do get challenged for them to step up the way they have. That's what fires me up. All right, quick break. T-Rose Rand is next. It's what you call teamwork, Josh. Teamwork makes the dream work. Welcome back into the Plank Show on the ref. Someone got mad at me the other day when I met him at softball and said I don't give the phone number out enough. I claim I give it out too much. Uh, hour one of the Plank Show has been brought to you by Van Hoos Fence. <laughs> Speaking of phone numbers, 405-735-1167, vhfence.com. And as we kick off hour two, yes, these are the ways you can get in touch with the program. I live on Twitter. Um, some of y'all have discovered the DMs. I'm fine with that. At Plank Show on Twitter. That's at Plank Show at Josh on Ref. Somebody really was upset that we weren't giving the phone number out enough. Someone had said that I didn't give the phone number out enough at 405-329-9000 and that I didn't give the ways to get shout-outs out enough, and that they're very confused as to how to get a third-inning shout-out. Appreciate it. That was a great, great fan. I'm not being mean about it. But I just – If I took a guess at who it was, do you think I'd get the, the guess in my first try? I don't know. I didn't know this person. So okay. it wasn't – yeah. Was, do you know who was on fire this weekend at the softball game, by the way? was Doc B. I saw Doc B. I said hello to Doc B. He's I don't everywhere. think he recognized me, but I did see you, Doc. Doc will always try to have a conversation with me from the concourse to the press box. And I'm not good at reading hand signals or hearing it, but he'll, he'll wave me down and he'll give me a score update. And I'm like, okay, so Doc just said two, to one, two something to one. Nicole, find out what the score of the baseball game is. <laughs> but 405-329-9000, 405-329-9000. I, I've got a lot to get to on the show today. We're open for your calls if you want to jump in, for your text. What was the, 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 the low-hanging fruit that I threw on the text line? Oh, 405-651-3439. Rooting for Kansas, rooting for Manic. Overall, though, general interest in this national championship game tonight. Are you dialed in? Are you dialed out? Right. Are we are we on to spring football, which here we are an hour in and haven't got too in-depth on yet from the weekend that was. And there's availability going on, what, in an hour from now? Mm-hmm. They're going to have some media avail. So I, we'll learn from that. But 
are you done with the finals because it's two teams that you couldn't care less about, or are you fired up? I'm fired up as a sports fan. You know, I was actually kind of fired up for the women's Final Four. I ended up doing a show on Monday night post the women's Final Four in Minnesota, so that kind of got me a little bit engaged. And, man, South Carolina just they took any drama out of that pretty early. Looked like Aaliyah Boston was the correct National Player of the Year last night. Yeah, no question. And who was the guard that just had an amazing game? Yes, yes. I had not not heard her name called hardly at all during the season. They said uh, the first career high in a national championship game since 2000. That's pretty awesome. By the way, did you see also, speaking since we're on Oklahoma, wait, are we? You see the way too early top ten they posted during the postgame show last night? Yeah, I did. Did you see who was number ten? The University of Oklahoma. I love that. That's great. Preseason top ten. Let's go. Anyway, um, I was fired up about the national championship game for the women last night. And was it Destiny Henderson and her career high? That's who I was thinking of. Yeah. I just I love it. so I'm I'm tuned in I'm fired up about tonight. I kept waiting for Connecticut to really really make that run but South Carolina pretty well kept them at arm's length. Did you spend any time listening to the Gino Ariema quote from this weekend about the transfer portal? Did we play it on the show? I feel like either we played it on the show or we oh we shared it on DMs. I don't think we ever got to it on the show. Did we? Do you have it? I'd like to hear it. I. Bottom of the hour. Okay. Because if you – it's really good from a coaching perspective. 11-1 and one now in national championship games for Geno. He First was perfect before last night. loss in a trip to a title game. Unreal. Anyway, hit me up. Air Cover Solutions text line. Your thoughts. Are you in tonight? Are you dialed in? Is it a meh kind of a sports story? 405-651-3439. Now, as this show has progressed through hour one, there's a lot of questions about OU baseball – um, why did they do what they did last night or this past weekend and moving it? Uh, I noticed some of y'all on, on Twitter that I happen to follow really, really angry. But T-Row and TJ got into it this morning, and I'm not real big on stealing content, but I thought in T-Row's explanation of the why, I don't know if any of us for the next 50 years will do a better job of explaining it uh, TJ with the text, Toby with the answer from the T-Row in the Morning Show. Uh, how do you feel about 65% of the fans who were rooting for Texas at the OU home game? OU got the money. Texas got the home field advantage and to- two wins. I feel like you read that with a lot of anger. In your yeah, book. well, that's, perfect- that's what a lot of people are feeling right now. Uh, yeah. I'm not bothered by it at all. I don't – I'm grateful to all the – Texas fans that donated to OU baseball this weekend, appreciate it. Um, I did. If you were in the stadium, it was not an overwhelming home field advantage one way or the other. I think there were more Texas fans there for sure, but I mean the OU fans that were there were scrappy and loud, and it was a great turnout of crimson and cream, and it was a great experience all around. I mean, I'm going to stick to that. If they had played at home. The outcome could have been different. Maybe they went two out of three. Maybe they win all three. Maybe they lose all three. Maybe it's exactly the same. Maybe you've got a south wind, TJ, with a Texas lineup that's hit 45, 50 home runs on the year, and you don't get a single win. 
There's no way of saying, well, if you play this series here, you win this many games, and if you play it there, you win that many games. It's impossible. They played it where they played it. It was a tremendous experience across the board. I get how if you weren't there, you don't understand that, and you're frustrated with Sunday's game. I 100% get that. But it's a bigger picture thing, man. It's a bigger picture thing. We're not going to nickel and dime our way to this thing. Oklahoma is going to the SEC. They are massively behind in their baseball facility. They have not had a Love's travel stop step forward and give them $12 million. It hasn't happened. They're not going to get there at this rate and be able to turn that facility into what they want to turn it into for fan for the fans' experience and to be able to recruit a higher-level baseball player who comes into Obrate Stadium in Stillwater and looks around and then goes to Eldale Mitchell Park and looks around and says, hmm, I think I'll go to OSU or goes to Arkansas, TJ, or goes to LSU or goes to Texas or goes to Texas A&M and then comes to Eldale Mitchell Park and says, no thanks. All of that isn't going to work out well unless OU addresses the facilities issue. They got to get it done. And they're right now they're nickel and dime on their way there. And this weekend was an opportunity to take a nice-sized chunk out of that, thanks to the Texas Rangers, thanks to all the Texas fans that came, and in so doing played three wildly entertaining baseball games. Well, two wildly entertaining baseball games. And won one. They played four games against top ten teams this week and went two and two. Their RPI went from 45 to 20. It was a great week for OU baseball. Could have been better if they had closed out Sunday. But you got to flush it and move on, folks. You got to flush it and move on. You got ORU tomorrow night. The second half of the season is starting. You got OSU coming up this weekend. This team is in a position to make a run to the regional. You got a really good baseball team. Get on board. You got a chance to get back to the NCAA tournament. If they have a great close to the second half of the season, this team has a chance to host a regional. Get on board. You can sit there and jump on Twitter and complain and cry and all that stuff if you want. That's fine. That's what Twitter's for. But nobody else is doing that, all right? The parents, the players, the coaching staff, the radio broadcaster, they're trying to pursue something special here, all right? Not just this year, but on into the future. you got to think bigger. Wow. So, it is tough. It it, it is tough. Because I can imagine, right? There's There's those. those of you who who go sit on the berm and don't pay any money to go watch the game. It's cool, but it also doesn't help outside of creating an awesome atmosphere. Financially, this really helped this weekend. I mean, that's the reality of it. Sure. And I, I feel like every single time someone tries on this show to and, – and we won't get it a lot. Listen, I think that – you know, we talk some baseball. This is more, you know, of the the softball angry fans that want to come after you. But if when we do, I I think I just want to hit play on that every single time because I'm right there. He's so right, man. I feel, you know, every time I see Greg Tipton, every time I see Tip, Tip's one of my favorite guys on the planet. I think in my mind, have I done enough 
to help you know tip out and get in the word about the money needed for the baseball project. When I see Gainsey, I'm like, gosh, we got to do a better job because, yeah, this move to the SEC is the Big 12 is rough enough in baseball. The move to the SEC takes you up even another level in baseball because of the depth of the programs there. Right? I mean, Vandy, Vandy treats baseball like some schools treat football. Uh, obviously, in what you've seen consistently from places. Well, I mean, Texas is a really good baseball program going into the SEC with you, and A&M's pretty good. Ole Miss has a great environment. Arkansas, it's not going to be easy. So a moment like this, if you can get over your frustration, was big for this program. And I'm Toby had me all kinds of fired up. I was ready to run through a wall while I was driving this morning, which is not always the safest thing, Josh. Again, we understand your frustration. I get it. I'd be mad if Eric Church canceled the concert to go to the Final Four. But if he told me he was going to give me a free concert and it was going to be awesome and he was going to reimburse everyone, let's go. It, Oklahoma ended up making a lot of money for the program and, and won a game that and played in an entertaining series. So I don't look at it as giving up 65% home field. I look at it as taking advantage of an opportunity that was presented in front of you to make some extra cash for the program and continue to give these young men an opportunity to play on the biggest stages. And to try and position this program in a positive spot moving forward, right? Generate that income for the program to get some renovations done, to get some upgrades done that simply you got to get done. And if you don't have that same backing and support that we've seen for other programs at the University of Oklahoma – you got to find ways to get creative to to get that type of income for the program. So it's not easy. Look, it sucks to give up a home series Absolutely. versus Texas. It does, but that's the position that pr- the program's in right now. And you start thinking about the SEC moving forward and where Oklahoma would be in that pecking order. Toby's right, and that's look. That's not a fun thing for Toby to have to sit there and he's right though talk about yeah. or you know. People would say, you know, preach about it, this or that. It's it's not fun to sit there and say Oklahoma's not at the same level as Oklahoma State or as Texas or as Arkansas or any number of other SEC programs that you 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 know now have to compare Oklahoma to. But you risk falling further behind if you don't work to try and even the playing field a little bit. And it's it is what it is, man. I mean, if you were to walk in as a recruit and right now go to Oklahoma's baseball facilities and then go to an O'Brate at Oklahoma State or a number of these other Big 12 programs and SEC programs, it's going to be a hard recruiting pitch to win for Oklahoma right now. So, hey, I, I, I don't think we've said one time on this program to knock OU for moving the series. No, I, I am definitely not in that category. Plus, I'm going to continue to bring it up. Y'all would have been so mad with traffic, so. So mad. This Oklahoma baseball team is up to 20 in the RPI. They have the number three strength of schedule in the country. They can they can get on a run here. It's a good team. So I I, I hate when an off the field story takes away from a team. But I think in this situation, that off the field story is a fair conversation to have, right? From those that are mad that they moved to those of us like you and I that say, 
I, I get it. I get it. Thanks for the revenue, Texas. Love having you in our conference. Keeping that big picture view. Oh. Back of the class, please. If Texas ends up playing the series next year in Arlington, would that make you feel better? In other words, if OU and Texas uh, come to an agreement where, hey, let's go to Arlington, let's schedule this around a time when, when Texas is out of town and we could do a three-game set in Arlington, would that make you feel better about this? I think it would make Oklahoma fans feel a little bit better about this, but I'm not sure that's the direction this is headed w- with the type of support that – Texas baseball gets, they probably feel comfortable keeping that thing right where it's at when they get the home series in Austin. So Incredible. You know what? I I didn't get to watch any of it this weekend. Game time's conflicted. Um, everything. It was just – it was tough for me. But you know what I did do? I listened. And I, I'm not just saying this because he's one of my best friends on the planet in life. Toby Rowland gets you so into the game. And you know what got me even more into the game, Josh? Hearing that crowd. That crowd was awesome. Never got to see it. It might have been smattered around and you're like, oh, it looked like a college game in a baseball. It didn't sound like it. Didn't sound like it to your boy. Sounded awesome. And a great experience for those kids. And a lot of money for the program. I think it was a... A definite positive for Oklahoma that they did, you know, move the series. I get the frustration in it. I'll say this, though. It was a really good week for Oklahoma baseball. Could have been a great week for Oklahoma baseball. They just got to win, right? I mean, I know that we can sit here, and I totally understand a lot of the challenges that are facing the Oklahoma baseball program. They're right to say that we need upgrades we you know we've got some built-in challenges trying to attract the same recruits that other programs are getting in those doors and getting committed and getting signed right now that's totally fair the solution to it continue to win man and just probably that needs to be said too on a you know coming on the heels of a game that Oklahoma should have won Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they had a seven-one lead and, and they couldn't maintain it. So, get into the NCAA tournament. And Toby's right. Support this team, but that's the number one thing they can do to help themselves is to win. Go in. Big one this week. ORU. Big one this weekend. O'Brate Stadium against Oklahoma State. I, I know. Listen, I I sometimes get bogged down. I had a guy I saw on. On a message, I was reading OU Believer's stuff because I think he's one of the smartest softball fans out there. And I was just reading some of his numbers. And there was some guy that was just angry with me. Mad. First of all, I'm not it's it's pinch runner. I, I and he thought I was saying pinch, and like I wouldn't know a pinch runner. I, you you're an idiot. I mean, I'm sorry, I can't think of any other way to put it. But he was so mad at me. And he says it might be, it could be, and it's never right. I'm like, well that kind of building the drama up but okay you you reach through your radio and smack me i find i allow the trolls a very small percentage of people to affect me away from this show and away from the air much much more and take a lot of the joy out of things than i should and i feel like that's what's happening here if i can draw that comparison i think there's a couple of Angry fans that take to social media and get just enough 
of a group riled up that it tries to paint everything in a negative light. And I'll be the first one to confess it's a problem for me. Away from this show, there's been a lot of deleted tweets. I still live by the theory of WWKD. What would Kenny Mossman do? <laughs> would he want me to fire off? I, I got mad. I sent a DM to someone this weekend. Someone someone had DM'd during the broadcast. Like, oh, I, don't you think we should get rid of the, the shout-outs? They don't bring anything to the game and blah, blah, blah. And I replied, I'm like, no, no, I don't. I think it's awesome. I think it's really – and I, for those that get all bent out of shape about it, I cut it down to one inning, two segments in each half, and every so often it will trickle in. I might hear from a rock. Kale Gundy might be listening or something. And folks love that. But, they, they love right. the engagement. But my point is I get angry about that. I'm like, well, I'll show you. I'll just stop doing it. Now, and then I'll mention you on Twitter, and then everyone will blow you up because you're a curmudgeon. Boo. Never takes away from the game. I'm never doing a shout-out while pitch is supposed to be called or anything of that nature. It's always right in line. There's a rhythm. But my point is, kind of like I think this story that we're talking about, I allow it to dominate the narrative when it shouldn't. Pete, if, if someone went to you and was like, this is so dumb that they're moving, it's like, yeah, great. Shut up. Stop. They're making so much money for this program that is just unfortunately – not there with ticket revenue or a, a massive sponsor that can give you 15 mil. That's the reality of it. Just stop. And I think, you know, t- to the point you were just making, in any walk of life, you could have nine people say the most positive things sure. about this radio program or the broadcast for softball that you're doing, Toby, in baseball, and that one wildly negative comment – it, it's going to reach you. It's probably yeah. going to stick with you more sometimes sure. than the positive. And that's disappointing that that's just sort of the human condition. You're wired that way. That's And, and the, the human condition that someone wouldn't look at a situation like, that's pretty awesome, the coverage that is out there for X. It's pretty amazing the amount of money that's being made for Y. It's pretty amazing what this is doing for a program on Z and, and just basically kind of getting their feels about it. Toby's rant. Anytime anyone complains about it, ooh, hold on a second. Josh, 30-minute mark of hour number three, sportstalk1400.com, Podomatic. Cue it up, and we'll always be ready to go. Everyone's on board. Train's leaving. You're going you're gonna to sit back in the I told you so camp and and be rooting to be right? Are you going to jump on board and kind of help get this thing where it needs to be? I'll tell you what, you don't have – Many people funner to be around than Skip Johnson and Ryan Gaines and that crew and Clay Overcatch. Good stuff, T-Row. All right, 10-24. When we come back, let me shift from one diamond sport to the other. Here, I promise it, right? 10 o'clock hour. Patty Gasso postgame coming up next. Anything really catching your eye on the Air Comfort Solutions text line? I see everyone's actually doing a good job of checking in on our topics that we've talked about. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got so much on the text line. Uh, yeah, that's a good point, by the way, from the 918. Browns aren't cunning. Baker did the huge cap hit. But, I I mean, so they're prepared to keep him? <laughs> I mean, you're even, you've, you've signed Jacoby Brissett. So, I mean, if nobody trades for him. You're going to keep him on the roster? You're going to have to eat that. Yeah, I mean, 
we say it doesn't make much sense to cut him because of the cap hit, but essentially you're suffering the cap hit just keeping him around right. this season. I mean, it's not like he's going to play for you. No. You're, you're basic. It, it's an investment in nothing. If you're Cleveland, just go ahead and eat that money now. Um, I did like this on us um, walking around. Act like you know where your going works. I used to walk on the UTEP soccer sidelines to hang out with Brittany Bump the Bumper. Wearing UTEP gear and a whistle to look like a strength and conditioning coach. Fit right in. Now, I can't pass for a strength and conditioning coach, um, but I have every so often heard someone go, hey, um, coach. I'm like, will it get me in here? If it will get me in here, I'm coach. <laughs> I can walk in this game. Yeah, we've been playing really well, haven't we? From the 918. Dialed in as a Kansas native, I'm rooting for the Jayhawks. Ready for the OU spring game. So that's the adjustment of from, from basketball quickly to the spring game. Our Duke fan has checked in. Oh, there's a game tonight? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, unfortunately there is. I've got more from Coach K. All right, uh, we'll hit more of the Air Comfort Solutions. Text 405 405-651-3439. 405-651-3439. All right, I, I was trying to juice up this audio just a skosh. Um, it's a little bit low, but Coach Gasso, post-game after Sunday's game. Now, again, pretty, pretty cool series. It was... It was not necessarily anything massive on Saturday, but it was a three-zip win. Here is Coach afterwards. This might be a little bit low, John. Maybe they um, threw some adversity at us, and their their shifts were tough, and their shifts were right on. And you could feel a little bit of frustration in our dugout, but they pitched right into – we fell into that trap – and it's not something we have felt before, so it was good for us to feel that. If we could do it over again, I think it might look a little bit different, but honestly, we weren't quite ready to see as much shifting as, and their pitcher did a great job of throwing right into where these shifts are. It's been a long time since I've seen a second baseman play left or right center field, so, and still throw us out at first base, so that's how hard we hit it. Um, Hope was really the one of the heroes of this game. Threw a masterful game. I thought she threw really, really well. Stayed ahead of hitters all day long. And then the team was frustrated, but they were still determined. And so whether it happens in the first, the fourth, or the sixth, as long as we find a way to win, that is really what this is about. And they they did and obviously Lindsey Elam thought the lefties had a really good weekend so Jada Coleman and Riley Boone were really really good I moved those guys up in the lineup just to try to help the cause but I'm proud of this team for not getting so frustrated that they lose their focus they stayed right in it there you go I'll, I'll juice that up so it's a, I'm sorry I didn't realize how low that was hoping Lindsey sound a lot better we'll get to them not Coach sounded great, just the audio. We'll get to them coming up in the top five stories of the day. That's frustrating, right? And I, I know that we're, we're kind of up against it here, but, I mean, Josh, you were there. Oklahoma had six hits. There wasn't 
like a massive offer. They they didn't do great with runners in scoring position, right? But they they didn't. I mean, in in a credit to UAB, they didn't have many opportunities. With I think they were zero for two. Oh, I got I got it pulled up. No, no, no. You want to know what OU was with runners in scoring position Saturday? I would love to know. Zero for one. Yeah, they they didn't have many opportunities. I mean, they only stranded four runners. But I mean, I don't. I'm going to start keeping on my score sheets hard hit outs because I'm just looking back at my. Um, I'm looking back at my score sheet from this weekend. And Jossie's ground ball to third in the first was a rocket. Um, Brito hit one hard in the second. I mean, the 6-4-3 double play literally was a line drive that one hopped right to the shortstop who was, what, in shallow center field. And she was still able to turn two. Coleman hit some rockets. Um, Grace Lyons hit some rockets. It's just – it's. It's frustrating because it's only two zip, but it's a great learning experience of, all right, your adjustability needs to kick up a little bit more. Now, when we see this, here's what we do. I I thought this was great for this team on Saturday. I never felt like they were going to lose because of Hope Troutwine. She was so good. Nine strikeouts, tremendous command all day long, which, as we've pointed out in the past, you might not have felt as comfortable to win these kind of games last season, at least at this this juncture of the season. On the the shifts for UAB, important that Oklahoma sees this because, look, not going to be the last time. It was an effective game plan for UAB, and that means it will be a replicated game plan. It'll be replicated a lot. Now, can teams execute like UAB did? I don't know. But I saw a team, I think I said on Friday when I was talking with Toby, I tried to put UAB in the – the American, but I saw a team that has a chance in Conference USA to play in the postseason. I saw a team that I think in the opening weekend of the NCAA tournament, I could see Alabama hosting a regional and UAB as the three seed there. That's how good I thought they were. They looked really good. They were impressive, no doubt. And they took it on the chin on Friday night. Oof. All right, quick break. Um, 10.35. So, more texts to come. Keep them rolling. Six five one three four three nine. The interest level from the excitement uh, of tonight's national championship game. Where are you? Who you? Got? Good old fashioned game of who you got. We'll hear from Bill Self and Hubert Davis coming up next. But I have more audio than a human being should have from the final four games this weekend. Plus, we owe you some spring ball talk. There's an availability coming up here at eleven a.m. The show's over. Show's over. But I owe you hoops talk next. Because you know I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, about that bass, 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 bass. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I ain't no size And the heels kick their rivals to the curb on their way to their 12th national title game. And in the process the career of the Hall of Fame coach Mike Krzyzewski, North Carolina 81, Duke 77. Under 10 seconds to go, Yesifu 
will watch this clock expire. Three seconds remaining. The coaches meet at half court. And the number one seeded Jayhawks stay atop the pecking order with an 81-65 win over the Villanova Wildcats. KU is all the way through to the national championship game. What you think of using a uh, kick to the curb for heels and then pecking order for Jayhawks? I believe that's Kevin Kugler, Westwood One Radio Network. Well, I, I loved the kick to the curb. It was fantastic. I thought that was good. Pecking order, yeah, I wasn't crazy about that one. But both, you, both pretty darn good calls. What though. did you What did you think of the audio I sent you that you that I emailed you over the weekend? Oh, I thought it was terrific. Isn't it cringeworthy? Listen to this poor sap. Hey, this is Chris Idell. Unmuting from- Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Hey. Hey, this is Chris Idell from Herbert from Radio in Baltimore. We don't Chris- seem to have Chris. Let's go to the second row. <laughs> Listen. He's so disappointed, that poor guy. Did you hear like there was like this little uh you replay the whole thing. I want to hear it again. Bless his heart. Hey, this is Chris Idell. Unmuting Chris. Go ahead. So just to give you an idea, they have one Zoom question that they let in during the press conference. So this guy's probably been waiting. Hey, this is Chris Idell. Unmuting Chris. Go ahead, Chris. Hey. Hey, this is Chris Idell from Herbert from Radio in Baltimore. We don't Chris- seem to have Chris. Let's go to the second row. <laughs> <laughs> microphone's not working. David, for you, how, what? Yeah, microphone's not working. <laughs> I, 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 li- I was up just chopping through audio on Saturday night doing the postgame show with John Crispin on ESPNU, and I hear that, and I – and I realize there's only one person that will probably find that as funny as I will, and it might be you. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. That poor guy, man. Uh, Chris Idell, Baltimore <laughs> Radio. Let's see. <laughs> poor dude. He's Odell. Odell? What did he say? It sounded like Heidel. Heidel? Yeah. Meanwhile, though, outside <laughs> of that enthusiastic moment, Bill Self on how Kansas always seemed to have an answer on Saturday night. I, th- I think that uh... – even though they were the better team, probably the first uh, twelve minutes of the second half. Whatever, I don't, I don't know exactly what it was, but even though they were better and had momentum, we always seemed to have an answer to kind of stem that momentum. And also, we were pretty fortunate, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, 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 Slater had one go in and out that could have cut it to five or four, or something like that. So we were we were lucky there, but but. Uh, uh, that's what that's what good players do. They make plays. To, you know, when you're when you're playing well, you want to extend the momentum, and when you're not playing as well, you gotta you gotta cut the momentum off. And, and these guys made enough plays where they actually did that. Mm. You're right. Uh, it was weird, and we you heard this a lot. We're talking about the national championship game tonight with a quick look back at Saturday night. It's weird, Josh. How many times you had people um, make the comparison to? The way that Kansas started on Saturday night was very similar to the way that Villanova had started, what, in 18 when these two teams last met. And uh, here was here was Jay Wright on that. We were on the other side of this, and, and it feels great, and it, and it takes a lot of hard work to get to where Kansas is going to be Monday night. We want to make sure that um, – we give them the credit they deserve. I know we got to talk about some of the things we didn't do well, but they they played great and 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 they they were they were well prepared and they they really executed and and 
whatever we have to talk about, what we didn't do well, which there were some, a number of things we, we want to make sure we, they get the credit they deserve. They, they played a great game tonight. There you go. That's pretty classy. Yeah. Yeah. He, I mean, listen, both Villanova and North Carolina were kind of in the thanking their lucky stars that they were here based on the injuries and the lack of depth. Injuries for Nova, lack of depth for North Carolina. But it's just every single time that game started to get hot, close, interesting, Kansas always had an answer. And then one other quick note here from Bill Self before we wrap up with a little football talk in this segment. Um, there had been a lot about that 2020 team, right, then when the season got lost to COVID. And in three of the four teams that were in the Final Four, three of them were having really, really good years two seasons ago when it got shut down. North Carolina, not so much. In fact, it might have been the beginning of the end for Roy Williams. But Bill Self talked about kind of reflecting after missing 2020. I, th- I think it does have some added value to, to me and the players because, you know, there's no guarantees in this tournament. A lot of times, you know, the, the favorites don't win, obviously. And so, but in 20, we, we, we had a team that was equipped to make a run. Uh, you know, we were so good defensively and, and, and we had enough scoring. I, I thought that was probably as prepared a team to do well in the tournament as any we've had. And, and uh, I think that, even though we haven't really talked about it like this, but these guys really haven't tasted what the NCAA tournament's all about, even though we had, you know, a, a great team in 20. So uh, I, I think there's been added added value put on this one because of what we missed out on in 20. I buy that. I buy that quite a bit. Now, some might say, well, what about last year? Okay, well, you didn't get, get there last year. Now that you get here with a much different team, right, um, Devon Dotson isn't walking through that door. Marcus Garrett isn't walking through that door. But there's some familiar names from that team, Josh, and obviously Brown, Ochai Obaji, Dave McCormick. Azabuke was, of oh, course, the big catalyst. so good that year. Mitch Lightfoot was on that team. Wow. Gosh. Anyway, um, my – my point is, how long has Mitch Lightfoot been around? <laughs> he's listed. Is, is this right? He's listed as a senior. <laughs> how is that? Team. Go, go back up. What's Ochai there? Ochai's listed as a so- – did he get like a that bonus COVID year and just take advantage of it to the max? Well, I redshirted, so I have another season that I can play if you want me, Coach. Anyway, I know for some people it's like, 20, why are we still talking about 2020 when we already had a tournament? But for Kansas, I, I do think that – a lot of people looked at the one of these days we're going to have a show, and it's the teams that were hurt the most by COVID and, and seasons getting shut down. And instantly, Kansas basketball comes to mind, sure. right? OU baseball comes to mind. Uh, you ask anyone with Texas softball or baseball, they feel like that was a year that really hurt them, too. So, it, gymnastics, gymnastics for OU. Oh my gosh, they were going to win the title. But I guess my question more than anything else here is. Why do I hate on that? I think that's a pretty cool storyline for this team who didn't get there last year, right? No doubt. And for Ochai Abaji and Brown and a bunch of these guys on this team, it's really something they've taken to heart to try and win this thing for those guys that didn't get to play that tournament when, you know, the not-so-well-kept secret is Kansas thought they were winning the national championship that season. Bill Self won't come out and say that, but – Behind closed doors, Kansas felt they were the favorite. Yep, absolutely.
All right, quick break. I, I owe you some football talk. Let's talk some spring ball when we come back. Top five stories of the day. Uh, we'll, we'll hit baseball, softball from the weekend that was. Obviously, uh, Oklahoma had a day off yesterday for softball, so busy week this week. Wednesday against Tulsa if the weather hangs in there for us, and then a road trip down to Tech where it looks awesome. Windy, but awesome this weekend. We'll dive into it all coming up next right here on The Ref. Sorry, I was talking with Steely during the break. Um, quiet weekend out of spring ball. I said Dylan Gabriel. Seems like it. Dylan Gabriel was at the softball game Saturday, taking photographs and getting an autograph. Are you guys gonna go crazy? I mean, he was at a sporting event, and we're gonna lose our minds about it. Like, we no, he doesn't no? paint his fingernails. All right. Uh, it was the first time I'd seen him in person. There was a good group of football guys that were Turk was out there. Of course, I guess he dates Grace Lyons now. Saw um, Bobby Evans was back after winning a Super Bowl, and he was sitting in the booth with us. In fact, Bobby Evans came and sat with the, in the booth with us, and when he did, the Sooners hit two home runs. I, you know what? I should have talked to. Him. I should have told him to come on the show because I think he's going back to L.A. this week. That would have been cool. Gosh, we, he'd be. You guys, would, Bobby's awesome. But I guess in bringing up football news, it's not, hey, guess who I saw. It's you guys want info. You, you want to know what's going on. I thought it was a good, quiet weekend. <laughs> right? I thought that's I mean, what we did. We just, hey, we saw this Saw this guy. He, it person. seemed like he liked me. He liked this here reporter. But, no, I, I know we're all – I'm in this group too. Um, I want to know how so-and-so is looking, who's playing where, this – you know, cross training. What does it look like? Who's working at safety and corner? Is there a guy back or what? I want all this information. But in the same vein, I also look at it and I say, sometimes no news during spring ball is the absolute best. <laughs> and this is a group who, as we speak, you know, they're getting ready for yet another media availability. Kudos to kudos to Brent Venables for you know making these post practice availabilities a reality. Uh, Jay Valai is going to talk with some defense, uh, along with some defensive players today. So there's a lot of really good stuff that's coming out. But I mean, put me in that group that feels like a lot of times, and if you've listened to this show with any regularity, you know this is a pretty benchmark take for me. I want all the news. I want to know who's looking good. I want to know. But then in the same vein, I always feel like that can be very subjective and it doth not matter come August. But – what does matter is who's staying healthy and who's out there working. And to me, is I feel like the big news out of most springs involve an injury. Ah, did you hear about Caleb Kelly? Tore up his knee in a drill. Did you hear about Trey Norwood? Got hurt here. So I'm I'm in team. I'm okay if we have a nice, quiet weekend sure. like we did this past weekend. Or an off-the-field incident, which True. I'm trying to think timeline-wise. It wasn't really – it was during the summer last year, right? Gosh, when, are we getting close to a year when that took place? It was like midsummer, late summer when that happened. Yeah, so I mean, those are the types of things. Let's avoid those. <laughs> Let's just stay on this straight and narrow from here on out. No robberies. I keep hearing to actually give you some information, just really good things about Dylan Gabriel. I won't lie to you. He looked a little smaller than I thought, but he was standing next to an NFL offensive lineman, so that might make a difference. But everything I hear is just top notch in getting guys together, you know, getting them to throw away from the well, away from practice times, being involved, being being there, 
And I just think that that added to the fact that the dude really knows Jeff Lebby's offense and seems to be clicking in practice. All good stuff. All good signs. And we're going to talk some defense today. Plus, we'll have it all for you um, with Jay Vali tomorrow right here on the Plank Show. But nice little quiet weekend. We got to focus on some diamond sports, right? Basketball was done. Not a ton of recruiting news. There was a basketball note, right? Uh, David Patrick was hired as the basketball coach at Sacramento State. And he was on the staff, but um, it doesn't look like the Sooners are going to lose any more assistance. There had been some rumors that we might be in a situation where there could be an assistant on his way to Ohio State. Not the case, at least for now. But good stuff. Not just a lot of breaking news, which is always good. Quick break. Top five stories today next. You know, I, I, I guess for me, I fall into that category where I probably shouldn't get mad at other shows, topics they decide to lead with, because we can be all over the map, right? At our core, it's going to be Sooner Talk, and I feel like we're, we're here for you on that front. Yeah, we're pretty true to that. We're pretty true to that. I mean, I think we probably talk more softball than anyone, but in the same vein, we, we'll always talk about it. K.J. Kindler comes in here on Tuesdays. We know where the bread is butter. We get it. Football talk is going to dominate a lot. But I can't fathom being like Magic Johnson and showing up to do first take and you sell the producers that my big take today, guys, is that Stephen A. Smith is the reason the Knicks missed the playoffs. I mean, I've seen Magic's Twitter feed, so I understand that, you know, it's sometimes like reading a box score. The Lakers won tonight because they scored more points and LeBron James shot 7 of 9 from the floor. Thanks, Magic. But stop. Stephen A is the reason the Knicks missed the playoffs. No, the Knicks missed the playoffs because they stank. (laughs) Correct. By the way, speaking of another team that stings, the Lakers got to stink right now. Yeah, it's looking like they might not even make but that. the play-in tournament. All right, uh, let's get after it. It is time for the top five stories of the day here on the Plank Show in Hour 3, which is brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245. Number five. Number five. I was joking with Steely during – uh, the break, and he goes, you know, I'm probably going to spend like 15 minutes on Tiger. I'm like, 15? It's all I think about as soon as this show's over. I mean, I even – I was listening to the the Gimme Zone this weekend, and I was I was listening to a Barstool Golf podcast this morning. I can't get enough of the idea that Tiger Woods is going to return and play Augusta. I don't like the idea that it's like an – game time decision like what does that look like does it have to be I mean what are the pairings announced Wednesday it's got to be before Wednesday right before they would announce pairings I would imagine yeah does the I mean do you just if you're the masters you don't say hey Tiger we'd like that decision like no they don't (laughs) it's Tiger Woods of course they want Tiger playing the masters take your time Tiger Tiger, matter of fact, if you want to decide on Friday and just play two rounds that day. (laughs) You ever have a friend that you tell him, hey, we got a tea time Saturday at 8 a.m. We'd love to have you as the fourth. You know what? I really would like to hold that spot if I don't make it great. But if I I do make it, it would be literally me showing up as we're teeing off. For some friends, you'd be like, no, it's okay, man. We'll find a fourth. 
But for other friends, you're like, well, wait. We'll wait for you. If you think you're going to be cutting it close, you text me and let me know. And you just either eat that fourth person or not. The greens fee, maybe. But you just play with three. But for certain people, you're like, no, no, man, we'll wait. You're a good time. It's kind of like the Masters with Tiger. 99.9% of people are like, you need to have a decision into us now, Tiger Woods. Meanwhile, it's Tiger Woods. Like, no, dude, you, you know, we tea times on Thursday start at 7 a.m. Get her like at nine, get you in the afternoon. You just let us know. You know, CBS is that way too. You just whatever you need. I rode the wave this weekend, though. I did. I fell for, I guess, a fake Charlie Woods account. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I blame Taylor Maples for that. That's your fault, Maples. You retweeted that in my timeline. I was like, oh, Charlie Woods has a Twitter feed. And he just said his dad is back. George Reister tweeted on Friday, I've got it confirmed. Tiger Woods is coming back. And I texted him, I'm like, is that real? He goes, no. What are you doing right now? Why are you sitting there? Quit that? playing with my emotions. But yeah, Tiger is. Uh, I do think he's playing. I think he's playing too. I think the Ben Hogan thing factors in. I will say this Jack I, Nicholas at 46 is a big factor as well, too. It's. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be listening a lot to the Masters this weekend because I'm going to be driving. I'm, going, I'm driving down to Lubbock. The show's – I've got a new way to do the show mobile that I think you'll like. Are you on Friday? Are you here Should on? be, okay. yeah. I, I've got a new way I think that's going to make it sound Ooh, really. We'll see. I like that. It could be a disaster. But my point is I, I'm going to have to count on the radio coverage of it because I'll be traveling so much. But if Tiger plays, there's a really, really good chance that I could do the old – if he plays in the morning, tape it, and then rewatch it in the afternoon. Especially if he's playing well. Well, right. So Tiger sent out a statement yesterday using the term game time decision. So we'll, we'll, we'll see. Which he probably right now is trying to figure out, okay, how does the body feel hitting all these rain shots, a practice round, follow up with another practice round. Physically, how does the leg, how does the foot hold up getting taxed in that variety? Because he's not done that. Yeah, and Augusta is not an easy walk. No, it's not. And then there is there's also a, a part of me that doesn't want to see him come back and then have to to tap out, right? Play about nine holes. It's not going well, and he's like, I can't play the back nine. Did this? Did this come? I mean, I was driving in. We joked about it on the air. I mean, I was doing the crossover with Toby on Thursday when I was driving to Cavens. Was really that moment where it's, damn, this could happen. This did. This could really how was it like Tuesday or Monday when his jet his Gulfstream jets flying in? But I guess this really did kind of come out of nowhere, right? Was there much buzz cuz again, like I said I might have tapped out of the golf world for a bit, but was there buzz leading up to early last week that he might still try to give this a go or did this truly come out of nowhere? I think it really ratcheted up last week when you see the flight to Augusta National, it then slowly but surely sort of week after week where you don't get the report that Tiger Woods has withdrawn his name from the Masters. So you, you, the closer you get, you think, is he thinking about playing this tournament? <laughs> and then, of course, obviously, once he, you know, the flight tracker folks get involved and, wow, Tiger Woods is at Augusta National, he's playing a practice round, you get that report. To me, as soon as he played the practice round, he's playing the tournament. Yeah, I agree. All right, um... Big story, number four. Number four. 
Um, gosh, a lot from the OU weekend. First, with softball, they swept the series against UAB. Solid pitching performance from the um, from the transfer Hope Troutwine. She has been fantastic for so far this season for the Sooners. Here is Hope after the game, just talking about the success they had and the plan they had. We have a game plan for each person that we prepare for, um, and going up against Thought with fully like full confidence, knowing that Coach Rocha and my catcher and you or Hanson, whoever it is, um, we're all on the same page. It's easy to throw like that, and so the games go by fast because we're all on the same page. Really had a good pace did that game on Saturday. Heck, the game on Friday night did too. Did you realize on Friday night, Josh, Grace Lyons hit that walk off, hit that game winning or game ending grand slam? It's okay. You could stick with calling it a walk off. Everyone's getting all mad at me about that. I've, it's always been a walk off. But um, we were going to have to delay the game. Like, there's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. That game was getting delayed if, if we needed to go even a, a step further. On Saturday night or Friday night, how crazy is that? Um, well, me- I know that the game that I was broadcasting on the high school side, we did have a lightning delay. Oh, did you? Yeah. What time did you guys finally get done? It wasn't. It wasn't too bad. I want to say eight. No, oh, okay. I mean, bad. we, we f- first pitch was slated at five, and I don't. You know, we started and then stopped for a half hour. Eight thirty, something like that. That's not, not too, too bad. bad. Here was uh, Coach Gasso. I hope this is juiced up a little bit more for your listening pleasure. Uh, Coach Gasso just talking about the end to the weekend. Sooners so dominated. When I say walk off, uh, what was the final score end up being? Like eleven to one, seven to one. Then she hits a grand slam to make it eleven to one. And then of course Oklahoma comes back and has the pitchers duel. Hope Troutwine fantastic strikes out nine, scattering two hits. OU wins it two zip. Here's Coach Gasso, just kind of her feelings after the game. And go. I first give credit to UAB. They um, threw some adversity at us, and their their shifts were tough, and their shifts were right on. And you could feel a little bit of frustration in our dugout, but they pitched right into. We fell into that trap, and it's not something we have felt before. So it was good for us to feel that. If we could do it over again, I think it might look a little bit different, but. Honestly, we weren't quite ready to see as much shifting as, and their pitcher did a great job of throwing right into where these shifts are. It's been a long time since I've seen a second baseman play left or right center field, so, and still throw us out at first base, so that's how hard we hit it. Um, Hope was really the, one of the heroes of this game threw a masterful game. I thought she threw really, really well. Stayed ahead of hitters all day long. And then the team was frustrated, but they were still determined. And so whether it happens in the first, the fourth, or the sixth, as long as we find a way to win, that is really what this is about. And they they did. And obviously, Lindsey Elam thought the lefties had a really good weekend. So Jada Coleman and Riley Boone were really, really good. I moved those guys up in the lineup just to try to help the cause, but I'm proud of this team for not getting so frustrated that they lose their focus. They stayed right in it. There you go. Coach Gasso from Sunday. Meanwhile, um, big story number three. Number three. By the way, I could truly sit here and talk OU softball all day long. Y'all know this. Um, 
Tough end to the series for the Sooners as they fall to Texas after blowing a 7-1 to lead. Um, Oklahoma does win a game in this series. They take one of three. They've got a big bounce back uh, opportunity tomorrow night against ORU. But led 7-1 after six innings, end up falling 16-10 and overall, 3-3 three and three in Big 12 play. I mean, just it, it's gut-wrenching what this conversation has become, Josh, because it hasn't become, you know, how well OU baseball is playing. It's kind of been taken over by a faction of fans who are frustrated that this game was played at Globe Life Field this year. But I think that's a very small group. I think there's a lot of excitement. And Obrey Stadium is one heck of a challenge coming up this weekend against Oklahoma State. Sure it is, especially when you just won the midweek game. Right. So they obviously will be looking for revenge against Oklahoma. Go win this series, and we're feeling really good about where Oklahoma is at. Obviously, you'd like to win the midweek here versus Oral Roberts before it. I think most people understand the big picture with Oklahoma baseball here. Stinks to lose the home series versus Texas, but sure. ultimately it was positive for the program. Yeah, big-time positive for the program. Toby and uh, Coach Skip after the game. Oh, hold, hold, hold on here. I forgot about it. Pause this one. All right, let's try this again. Toby, post-game, catching up with Skip Johnson. And we go down to the field for our post-game interview with Skip Johnson, brought to you by Brahms Ice Cream and Dairy Store. Coach, tough one to swallow today. How would you feel like this one got away from you? Well, I mean, you got to get your outs on time, and you got to throw strikes on time, and you got to get calls on time. When you play a good team like that, the timing of doing all those things happens. I mean, you have to do that. If you don't, you're not going to win those games. And uh, unfortunately, we didn't win those games. We didn't win today. Hey, Skip Johnson, post game Tuesday night. Oh, are you? And then this weekend in Stillwater. Overall, Josh, I know that TJ and Toby have TJ's gut trademarked. But kind of how's your gut feel about where Oklahoma baseball is after this week? And I feel pretty good about things. They went 2-2 two and two against top 10 teams. Am I too over-forgiving of a loss or two? My gut is relatively calm. Okay. I will have a much better read on how I'm digesting everything after this week versus Oklahoma State. <laughs> to, uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday for the Sooners. Why am I acting like – well, I, I know why, because the next two – our next weekend series is a Thursday, Friday, Saturday series for Oklahoma down in Austin. So I, let me just double-check here with baseball. I'm sure it is probably the same. But OU's got Oklahoma State coming up this weekend, and then – and then – no, um, yeah, Thursday, Friday, Saturday with Pacific and Lamar coming in town. All right, big story, number two. Number two. National championship game tonight – uh, big shot Brady Manick was definitely that on Saturday night for the North Carolina Tar Heels. Slack on the right wing. Crossover dribble against Griffin. Gets into the paint. Dishing Manick. Three left side. Got it. Oh, Manick. Ice water in the veins. 73-71. Tar Heels by two. Uh, 90 seconds left. I think that was the go-ahead-to-stay shot for North it, Carolina. It wasn't. Oh, was came it? right down the floor and hit an answer triple. That's right. And then the Caleb Love shot. That was just nails that he knocked down. <sighs> what a game. What a game. It was really good for everything that it was built up to be. The rivalry, first tournament matchup. 
final season for Coach K. The game didn't go, you know, double, triple overtime or whatever, but, man, it came right down to the yeah. wire with some big shot making. It didn't seem like – I mean, it, it, at times in that first half, it kind of felt like maybe it was going to be a defensive struggle, but, boy, they really cranked up the offense yeah. in the second half. Again, some great offense in that basketball game in the second half, and it lived up to the hype, right, which those types of matchups don't always deliver in that fashion. Hubert Davis on what changed for that team in the second half. At halftime, they had 26 of the 37 points in the paint. And so we just said, look, we've we've got to do a good job of keeping them away from getting layups and dunks and make them make contested outside jump shots. These guys were terrific defensively, and I'm so proud of them. Yep. There you go. And uh, obviously Mike Krzyzewski on – yeah, the fact that it was his last game. That's the type of game we expected. We would have liked to have been on the other side of it. But I'm proud of what my guys have done. And uh, they've been an amazing group for me. Then on the other side of things, Kansas just pretty much dominated. And I feel like I feel like one of the great mysteries around Kansas has been the career of David McCormick. I, there's moments where I this is me, and you can tell me if you think I'm wrong. But I feel like I watch David McCormick sometimes, and I real and I think this dude can dominate a game. And there's other times I watch him like, where where'd he go? Why does this guy have a scholarship to Kansas? <laughs> is what you so so Jeff Goodman asked a question like you and I would. It's like, hey, dude. I mean, it's been a roller coaster with David McCormick. And I mean, I'm sitting there thinking as Jeff Goodman's asking this, I'm like, McCormick is sitting right there. But <laughs> I literally, I, I wish I had the whole question, but you know, sometimes he was hard to have, have trust in. And, and so this was Bill Self's answer on McCormick and the big game that he had in a big moment. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't look at it that way, Jeff at all. Sticking with him. He was our guy Stick. from the jump. Oh, I'm sorry. And, and- Sticking with him. It's like, Hey coach, you, you stuck with David McCormick through a lot of ups and downs and highs and lows. And I was like, sitting right there but anyway here, here was coach Sell's response and uh you know I, th- I think so much of a performance maybe has to do with things that the media and the public doesn't know about primarily health and uh uh you know see how much this guy sacrifices to be out there every day you know he may do two to three hours of treatment every day just so he can be out there so there was never a question of of who our guy was and I think he I think he knew that too no matter how frustrated maybe at times I could get uh, uh, but but uh, he's our guy, and you know I've said all along he's the one guy on our team that can get you know 15 and 10 uh, 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 just by being a presence. And tonight he got 25 and nine, so he he was he was fabulous. I love listening to Bill Self answer questions. Uh, uh, uh. Uh, yeah, so so um, he's so good, and, and obviously he's he's not going to say anything but positive things about David McCormick. And McCormick sure. was sensational against yeah. Villanova. They. They had a size matchup, Kansas did, that they could exploit in that game, which they're not going to have tonight, by the way, versus Baycott and North Carolina's bigs. But give KU credit. You know, it's sometimes in sports, it's the ability to say, we have this matchup that we can continue to drill down and exploit. Don't don't overthink it. McCormick's got a matchup where it's it's not too difficult for him tonight. Keep feeding him the rock. And, boy, they did, and he was great. All right. Big story, number one. Number one. Number one. 
number one. 19 days to the spring game. Soonersports.com slash tickets. OU meeting with the media right now. Jay Valai and a handful of defensive players meeting with the media as we speak. So kind of cool to see that opportunity on a Monday. Did I get that right? That is today, right? Yeah, Monday. Monday media availability. So Jay Valai and select defensive players. Oh, I say right now, just started. So we'll see if we get any clips from that before we get out of here. But I said this uh, earlier in the show, kind of a quiet weekend, which I think is great. Everything seems to be rolling how they want it right now. Fairly quiet weekend. Chef's kiss. No injuries, nothing to report, no one getting in trouble. Nice quiet weekend. And Dylan Gabriel was out at the softball game with Michael Turk. Someone there was a couple of other dudes that were there. I mentioned Bobby Evans, but it's just it's cool to see that kind of support across sports. And I think I'm like, well, I think of tickets. I need I need some tickets for Oklahoma State game. Guys, can you help me? But we'll talk some more. So I got more Patty Gasso here from her post game. But we we got to get into counting down to the spring game, recruiting a big weekend uh, in some people's eyes. We'll check Parker's mind and see what he thinks. Steely and Thune at noon coming up next. But quick little football segment coming up next in the news as we head home on a Monday with the Plank Show. I wanted to play one thing for you here real quick. I don't – yeah, this goes back to – what is today? Today is the 4th? Fourth? Fourth. Okay, so I just want to make sure I'm not getting too caught up in an old story. All right, so on Thursday night, Gino Ariema had his, I don't even want to call it a rant, but kind of a, a statement of where we are as a society in a lot of ways. And I don't know if we played this on Friday. If we did, I just wanted to revisit it real quick because it really caught fire this weekend. Um, I saw the video has almost a, a, a million views. Whoa. Is it 839,000 right now? So, so it's been shared and talked about. And I've heard from several coaches who heard it and applauded. So quick little Gino Ariema. I'm just curious how you've had to evolve your coaching style as more and more players do leave. I don't care if they leave. Players leave all the time. Coaches leave all the time. That's life. Um, when we got back from South Carolina, we had three or four of the kind of practices we used to have when um, um, when you could coach kids. And half the team loved it. The other half were a little bit shocked. But half the team loved it. I think they understood. We, we don't practice like that anymore. Not like we did 15 years ago. Our practices aren't like that. Um, but there's still only one way to win a championship. And you have to be disciplined and you have to play hard. And you have to aspire to be great. I've never had a really good player leave my program in 37 years that left and made a big at a top 10 or top 20 school. That's just not going to happen. Because if you can't play for me, if you can't play for us, you can't, you can't play anywhere at this level. 
I let these guys be who they are. I just have certain demands on the court and they have to meet them or they don't play. They know I'm fair. If nothing, I'm fair. And I asked Kristen one time, Kristen, is it hard to play here? She said, damn right. I said, why? She goes, because you're demanding. I said, do you want me to change? She said, no. You don't come here 14 years in a row because you go, all right, sweetheart, how do you want to do this this year? Sorry. There's lots of schools you can go to. And you know those 850 people in the portal? 300 of them are not going to find a school to go to because they're going to realize it's not the school they just left, it's them. Just like last year, right? 1,000 kids in the portal, 250 of them had no place to go. And the guys that they left don't want them back. Whatever happened to go and figure it the hell out. Yeah, sometimes you have to leave. Sometimes it's the right thing to do. No question about that. But 800, 1,000 of them, that's three. There's only 365 Division I schools. It's like three, three at every school. Who the hell knows? When we get back, we might lose five of them. I, I, how the hell do I know? <laughs> Which is, I mean, the the mentions are kind of interesting because it's it's a cross between, oh, what do you know? You always get all the best recruiting classes anyway, and blah blah blah. You know, but then it's also the haha, you didn't win a title. I'm like, bro, you've been eleven and. Oh, and title games prior to... And he just went to their 14th straight Final Four, right? Right. I mean, I just... I I can't even begin to put into words how wild it was to hear that. And then, not in a bad way, but any stretch of the imagination, and then just kind of let it sink in that, wow, this is not just a Gino Ariema thing. This is... This starts to make a lot of sense when you see some coaches that leave or decide they're going to re- – Chris Peterson's the Bob Stoops of the world, and everyone has a different situation. But even Urban Meyer in the college ranks, you know, he had retired before he took the, the Jacksonville job. You look around and you see people that are leaving a little bit younger than you would anticipate, and it's just it's hard to adjust whenever you've had a style that you've been doing. Or you adjust and then you realize, boy, I'm having to adjust to a level that this just isn't me anymore. I've always been in favor of player empowerment and in favor of players having more options. I think that you and I have both made that pretty clear from day one with the transfer portal, with name, image, likeness. So even after you know hearing this rant, I still feel that way. But yeah. I, I do think at times it's worth saying, too, sometimes the situation you're in is not all that bad. Yeah, exactly. And – I'm not going to get on some big rant about society or yeah, no, no, that. No. Each situation is different. Sometimes, maybe it is a great idea to to look for a different opportunity elsewhere where you can have playing time and maybe the system isn't quite right for you or you went and you tried it out somewhere and you know what? Time for a change. Other times, players probably a little too quick. Yeah. To, to leave a program. And if anybody has the authority or the right to sit up there and say, you know what, how many how many players out of 1,000 don't have a landing spot? Gino Oriyama has the hardware, has the success, has the sustainability. When he talks, sure, I'm going to listen. Yeah, me too. Me too. It's Get paid a lot of money. It's a nice lifestyle when you get to that level, but – they're all competitors. And guess what? They lost. And it's the second year that he's kind of gone on a little rant after a loss. 
he went off last year. But I thought this one was a little bit more calculated. I I loved hearing it. I wonder how much longer he coaches. I mean, it's not like Paige Brackers isn't coming back, so he's going to be okay there. But I wonder how much longer he coaches. And how important is it to Geno for the program to remain what the program's been? And if there's the right succession plan in place, does that speed up his process? Or does that slow the process down, right? If there's not that right plan in place, does he say, I need to stick around a couple more for us to have that in place? You just just don't know how different coaches are wired. I don't – listen, I – it's not even really necessarily relevant to anything that's happening right now. We got a national title game to talk about. We've got OU softball getting set for a road series in Lubbock this week, and we got OU baseball against ORU tomorrow night. We're in the midst of spring ball, but it's just it's kind of interesting when you hear legends talk about the transfer portal and the challenges or in this case, the lack of challenges, in trying to be the kind of coach you want to be. Hopefully, Gino Oriema will make the decision to step aside here very soon, and it will be a total disaster <laughs> with whoever comes in next. That would be helpful for Jitty Baranchak in Oklahoma. Hey, speaking of that OU tie last night, is there the confetti's flying through the air? Oklahoma preseason top 10 team on the way too early ESPN poll. So exciting offseason in store for Sooner women's basketball. All right, quick break. When we come back, a little news according to Josh as we head down the home stretch, the Plank Show, right here on the ref. I like talking softball with Ted. Welcome back into the Plank Show, right here on the ref, the home of Sooner fans. I. Uh, we drove. 11 hours yesterday to see a dog, dude. Okay, what kind of dog is this? I don't know. I have no idea. It's a mixed breed? No. 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 (laughs) No, it is not a mixed breed. But it was – it's the second different this is the dog my wife has always wanted that we've now purchased. So there already has been a dog my wife has always – Always she wanted always purchase. wanted a Frenchie, and so we got a Frenchie. And now this next dog is another dog she's always wanted. <laughs> so wait, what What happened? What, I don't know. Does the Frenchie like you more and she's I don't upset think about so. it? I think the Frenchie's just an all-around a-hole, and I think she wants to find a more cuddly dog. <laughs> Frenchie's – I will just say this as – Patrick Dunn can back me up. As a fur daddy of a Frenchie – they couldn't care less about you. They really couldn't. They're just, just trying to do their thing. They're just doing their thing, and every now and then, they they they, they might give you a little jump or a little try to chew on you. That's about it. Basically, you you pull out any food in front of my dogs, they're all over you. It's it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And so the way to fix it is to add another dog. To the mix. <laughs> That's correct. Yeah. Usually, any problems you have is it <laughs> is to just add another animal. Isn't that let's try to save our marriage by having a kid? Kind of a conversation. Pretty much. I don't think this is going to go well. But I, I apologize. Apologize if I seem out of it every now and then. <laughs> I think the anger kicks in that I drove eleven hours round trip yesterday to sit with a dog for thirty minutes. Do you think you're going going to wind up with the dog? No, we we are winding up with the dog. Oh, it it's hours. Yeah. We don't so, have it yet. It's got another couple of weeks with so mom. So you've already done the adoption and 
Yeah, the I'm, papers and all the it's all done. Stuff. It's all well, done. Congratulations, dude. No, <laughs> no, don't congratulate me. I've got another mouth to feed. I was finally getting one out. My son Willie C was graduating. I was like, all right, let's go. One down, three to go. I really want a dog. I'm just, you know, I'm not home enough. You know what? Here's what you need to do: is you want to trade? I'll go take your life for a while, and you can have my three dogs, <laughs> and you can. Have- Two kids yelling at you all the time. A pine tree that you just had to cut down because it was in the spiral of death, apparently. I've not really – I've never had a problem with cats, but I've you know, not been a cat oh, person in my life. Oh, I'm allergic to cats. Oh, really? Deathly allergic. So you're like, no thanks. Yeah, no, no, no. But you're thinking about a cat? Yeah, just because it's less maintenance. If you came in here after having a cat, I'm not even kidding, uh, I would probably sneeze. I think Steely's got a cat, right? I don't know. Listen, I know that my or his wife has a cat. Maybe so, but I know my wife and my kids were all about trying to get an outdoor cat at the house. So I think they're plotting to kill me. Is what I think <laughs> is going on here. All right, well, let's get after it. You want to hit some news now or get it after the break? It's up to you. No, we could just share a couple let, of let, news. Let's and rifle notes. through some here. It's eleven forty-four. We're heading down the home stretch with a plank show. No, David Goodspeed. I don't need a basset hound, uh, but I'm sure that's going to be the next dog. That oh, it's my. I've always wanted this dog. Anyway, where, where do you want to start with the news? News according to Josh Time, brought to you by Roof Tech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for over 30 years, called Josh Tucker at Roof Tech for all of your roofing needs at 405-735-4245. That's 405-7... Did I say that number right? 405-703-4245. All right, where do you want to go? Okay, so I want to start with the text, and then we'll you know hit some of the happenings out there. Sean chimed in and said... Can you give a big thank you to Paige and the OU Club of Tulsa and the Plank Show for the tour and tickets Saturday? Oh, did he get to go on the tour? He did. Oh, that's awesome, Sean. I'm glad you got to go. So, um, Paige and and Don. Oh, why am I blanking on the president's name? Right, great too. The OU Club of Tulsa has always been near and dear to my heart. I know Jerry uh, Isabel used to be involved. Or not. Jerry, sorry, Jerry. Keith Isbell used to be involved with it quite a bit up in Tulsa. Um, Cindy Morris, and they're just, they're great. Doug Hamilton, they're all just really cool people. And they had a couple extra tickets that they weren't going to be able to use, and they gave them to us to give away. And uh, tagged on to it was a tour of the Switzer Center, which was pretty, pretty awesome. So glad you got to enjoy it. Thank you, Paige Cole. Thank you, OUClubOfTulsa.com. All right, where do you want to go next? We've got a new national champion in women's college basketball for the first time under head coach Gino Oriema. Not perfect any longer in the national championship game. South Carolina 64, Connecticut 49, the final last night. Uh, Henderson went for 26 points. Aaliyah Boston really just kind of dominated both ends. She only finished with 11 points, but she grabbed 16 rebounds. I think she had five, op- yeah, five offensive rebounds. Saxton had five offensive rebounds for South Carolina as well. 22 to eight, they were up after one quarter of play. Connecticut a little bit of a comeback in that second quarter, but for my money, it never really felt like Connecticut was in that national championship game last night. So the Gamecocks second national championship in program history. Yeah. And Don Staley, what's, what do the kids say? Don Staley was a vibe after that game last night. She was very excited. I mean, they came so close last year and had the, the missed put back that could have won in the game. But yeah, I, I, 
I didn't expect them to roll them that handily, but when they got going, like, oh, dang, <laughs> they're on fire right now. So kudos to South Carolina national champions in women's hoops. And right. as you look and project forward, the way too early top 25 for next women's basketball season, some serious changes at the top where South Carolina is number one, Connecticut is number two, and Stanford is number three. So three of the four that were in the final four. Texas was fourth in this, uh, Maryland fifth, Iowa sixth, Iowa State seventh, Tennessee eight, Notre Dame nine, Oklahoma number 10. Oklahoma, number 10. They'll be expected to be a 25-win team next season, according to ESPN.com. All right, where we go next? Tiger Woods seems like he's going to be playing the Masters. Scale of 1 to 10, excitement level if he plays. 14. I think I'm pretty much the same. I might have said a 13 and a half, 14 right now. But game time decision is the term that's been used. Game time decision, which I think he's going. I don't think you come this far along and – and then uh, opt out of playing. We know we have a national championship game tonight in men's college basketball. You got to pick a rooting interest. What are you? What are you most watching? I said earlier to me the matchup within this game itself is Baycott versus McCormick. Can McCormick duplicate what we saw versus Villanova, or will Baycott be too much for him to tangle with? I think that's the biggest key to the game. But what are you watching for? I'm watching to see. Fatigue on Carolina. They've been through a ton, being an eight seed, being essentially a five and a half man rotation. And you've got that quick turnaround. In fact, I thought this was pretty good. Hubert Davis, for as you know, inexperienced as he is as a head coach, I thought, where is that? Gave a great answer on the the quick turnaround. Oh, wait, littering and littering and littering and Guys have done a really good job at is celebrating a win, but also putting that aside and focusing on the tasks ahead of us. You know, this is a special moment for them. This is a special moment for our program. So I want them to enjoy themselves. But we have more than enough time to prepare. Playing for the national championship, there's if you're not motivated for that, that's you shouldn't be playing. There you go. Yeah, that, that's a fair point. If you're not motivated for the national championship game, and I don't think anybody's questioning whether or not North Carolina will be motivated. They're just wondering, and I say this so often, it's college sports, right? I mean, the we're tired factor should be a little bit overrated. It's the national championship. They've got the best nutritionist in the world, and it's not like they're playing you know, immediately after having finished the game versus Duke. They, they have had a night to rest. Right. But – Kansas going to have less tired legs than North Carolina. That's certainly fair to say. This is also true. But man, I'm fascinated by that. Boy, North Carolina has a lot of talent for a team that ended up as an eight seed. What the hell happened this year, Hubert Davis? All right, where do you want to go next, Josh? College football news. We thought this was going to happen, but uh, Lebius Overton did did pick Texas A&M. So it wasn't an week. April Fool's Day prank? Unfortunately not. Uh. Ah. Colin Kaepernick in Michigan? Yeah. yeah, he was their honorary captain for their spring game this weekend and then proceeded to drop a video about how he's ready for his comeback. So, <laughs> Aren't you kind of – I feel like – I don't know. I mean, whatever. If he comes back, I'll be rooting for his success. But I'm just so over the narrative of will he or won't he that I almost – it's like, please, <laughs> just give it up, Was Kaepernick. he Was he wrongly – 
banned from the league in a roundabout way? Yes. But is he the next coming of Patrick Mahomes or Tom Brady? No, we've, we've, we've seen that. Stop it. Does he deserve a backup job as much as Chase Daniel? Yes. But the dude had been beaten out by Blaine Gabbert, and some of y'all want to act like that he'd be slinging darts and winning Super Bowls. It's just not the reality of it. All right, um, final segment next? Final T.O. All right, we'll wrap up the Plank Show next right here on the Home Sooner Fans. Good stuff. Do you want a good little troll here to wrap the show up with? Absolutely. 24-7 Sports has released their way-too-early bull projections for 2020. I guess that would be three, right? Because most of the bulls would be played in January. Or a good portion, anyways. Ah, touche. They have the four-team playoff being Alabama versus Notre Dame and Georgia versus Ohio State. Meanwhile, they've got Clemson and Wisconsin in the Orange Bowl, Miami and Houston in the Cotton Bowl, Oklahoma playing Texas A&M in the Sugar Bowl, and Michigan versus USC in the Rose Bowl. Though I will say, um, I would take that as a pretty good first year if you, by this, win the Big 12 and put yourself in the conversation for a playoff berth. I understand everyone wants undefeated, but eh. I, I say troll just because it's way too early to talk about bowl projections. You want to screenshot this? If I were to say of the six bowls, one, two, three, four, uh, five bowls, I guess, essentially. No, six, you dummy. Of these six bowls, how many of them would you say they'll be close to getting right? I might say two, and it would be the playoff bowls, which this year are the Peach Bowl and the PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Yeah, they've probably got Alabama and Ohio State in the college football yeah, playoffs. So you're, you're pretty good on that front. But there you go. A little troll for thought before we wrap up here. Uh, Steely and Thune at noon coming up next. Again, as we mentioned, a little a veil that just took place. Wait, did I get that right? Miami and Houston in the Cotton Bowl? Come on, I love Dana Holgerson to death, but... OU A&M's pretty tasty. I would take that. But nothing really from the media avail that is currently taking place as we speak. Jay Valai meeting with the media. Um, though he did say on working for Brent Venables, he wrote, quote, or he said, quote, it's a drug being around him 24-7. That, my friends, is a vibe. <laughs> so... More from that coming up. Stealing Thune at noon coming up next. We'll be back tomorrow with a plank show to talk national champions in college basketball right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.